The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Do you feel that you're losing the battle with looking and feeling your best? Stop! Welcome to Body Balance Talk with your host, Lucy Hewitt, and her guest experts. Your body has an outstanding ability to heal itself and stay healthy. It's up to you to get the process started. Now, here is Lucy Hewitt. Welcome to Body Balance Talk. I'm Lucy Hewitt, nutritional therapist. And I'm Madeline. And I'm Jeannie Schmidt, PharmD, and welcome to our show today. Um, here we are just right in the midst of the holiday season, and I'm just kind of wondering how everybody out there is doing moving through the holidays. And here in Minneapolis, we've got snow and cold weather as well and, and darkness and um, all kinds of things happening for people. And some people do really, really well at this time of the year, and other people, it's maybe not the best time of the year for a variety of reasons. But we would love to hear from you today to talk about maybe how you're doing through the holidays or any questions that you have about our topic today, which will be on body composition. Or maybe you've had some experience from some of the last shows you're working on your water balance and anything that you would like to ask or share, call us at one 866-472-5792. Or if you're shy about calling, then go ahead and email us at info at mybodybalancenutrition.com. Well, this week I was talking on the phone with one of my sisters, and um, our father is has been having a little bit of trouble with some heart problems and just some other a variety of, of problems and landed in the hospital and then is out. And I think a lot of people can can uh, relate to that experience with their parents. And um, But right now my, my parents are both at the Whitaker Clinic, and I believe that's in California, and I'm um, getting some really good help with nutrition. And when I was on the phone with my sister, she had mentioned, oh, you know, one of the first things that they had both mom and dad do is get off sugar and get off of carbs. And so I thought, well, great, you know, that that's good. Of course, of course, we've been talking with him about that, but we all know how it goes with families. Sometimes, you know, you need to have somebody that's outside of your family give you that sort of advice or information for it to really take hold. And so, you know, for me, it doesn't matter where people get their information from as long as that they start to make at least a few changes in their diet and lifestyle and really start to improve their health. And as I was talking also with my sister, she had mentioned, oh, well, Jeannie, you know, your whole life revolves around nutrition and everything you do, you know, is, is all about nutrition and lifestyle. So for you, these sorts of things work. But, you know, for the rest of us and for when people go into the doctor's office, you know, 
the doctors aren't going to be talking to them about nutrition because people really don't live lives like like you do. And, you know, we had just a nice little discussion about that, and I find that often people have that reaction and think that I'm kind of this different person. And um, it, it also happened in, in one of our nutrition classes. We were doing mm-hmm. this special zinc tally to see who was who was mineral deficient and it's you put this liquid in your mouth and if you don't taste it at all it indicates that you have a deficiency of zinc but of all minerals and and I said in all the classes that we've done there's only been one person that could actually um, moderately taste that bitter taste that would indicate that you have a relatively good mineral status and this one woman said well Jeannie you do don't you and I said no no I can't taste it and she about fell off her chair and you know, she had to ask me three or more, four more times, no, no, really, for you? And, and I had to say, you know what, I'm really no different from other people. I, I go to work every day. I actually am at my computer for a lot of hours in the day, sitting for a lot of hours in the day. I, I'm really not very different from most of the general population. And so for some reason, people think that you have to be this other kind of person that makes lifestyle changes or makes, makes specific nutrition changes in your diet. And I'm here to say that, no, I, I'm really not different from you. And even though I, I own an exercise studio, I'm not exercising all day. Most of my time is at my computer and on the phone, just like most people with office jobs. And I need to make an extra effort to actually get exercise in. So I, I want to just point that out because it's. I think that maybe I'm going to guess, but maybe it's an excuse people have when they say, well, you're like that, but for me, you know, and for the rest of us, we can't be doing that. So one of the things as we travel through our radio show today, we'll be talking about body composition and focusing on fat and in specific about how to get the fat burning enzymes working for you and how to get the hormones working and you'll find that these recommendations that we give for people are very very doable even if you do one thing and start incorporating that into your daily life at home or at work or whatever it is that you're doing these things are going to make a dramatic difference in your health and we specifically choose easy and doable things for people and a big reason we choose that is because that's what we need for our lives and so not only me but also Lucy and also Madeline we all we all have busy lives just like everybody else so we like things that are simple and easy sometimes things that you can do on the run and something that's going to be convenient yeah, you know, I see this with my clients a lot that we start working together and I usually work with clients over a period of time, like three or six months. In the beginning, we start talking about making these small changes, maybe even one change. And it's very challenging for them to make one small change, like just to drink a smoothie every morning. Some people have a challenge just with that. But as time goes on, that just becomes a brand new habit. They don't even have to think about it anymore. And that's what a lot of these things become. And it's not an overnight thing that all of a sudden tomorrow, you're going to be doing all of the things that we talk about on the show. But over time, it becomes easier and easier and easier for you. 
Yeah, exactly. And we had one woman who was in, in our nutrition series and at the end of the class, she said, well, you know what? I, I work early in the morning. I don't have time to make shakes in the morning. And we just had a short discussion with the other class members and just talked about how, you know, the first shake, the very first time you make it, it might take you a while because it's kind of odd or, you know, maybe your Vitamix or your blender isn't familiar to you. But, you know, by the second or third time, it takes me maybe five minutes to make that shake. And we pointed that out to her. It's really, when you get it down, it's going to be about five minutes. You put it into your container and take it out to the car with you. And so it's it's not a lot of time. And then when she reported in in the next class, she come, comes right in all excited and she had her happy face on. And she said, you know what? I'm making my shakes now. And you're right, it really is easy. Mm-hmm. And so we realized that getting over that hump of doing something different, it is difficult. And it's difficult for me and it's difficult for for all of us to do something that we might think is as simple as making a shake or eating a different food just because we're all kind of ingrained in specific habits so it is true that it is difficult but right at the beginning but once you do it a few times that just becomes now that's going to be your new habit and then it becomes easy and it becomes your way of life and then you don't have the syndrome of well I fell off the wagon because these these are things that you just incorporate into your everyday life and, and they should be things that are actually pleasurable for you, the foods that taste good and that it should be something that's very convenient and your energy and health improves. And so it's usually very, very motivating for people to stay with those sorts of changes. But you got to take the changes at your own pace and never think that anything is too small. And we actually recommend that for the general population, tiny, tiny changes are what work best for most people. And now, of course, there's going to be these people that have some sort of disease state or something where if you don't change a lot of things right now, maybe you're going to die or the whole thing is going to get worse. Those people are going to be highly motivated to make a lot of changes all at once. But for most of us, think of maybe one small thing that you can do. And instead of even thinking of it, we're going to go over some of these things in the show today. So we'll be focusing on fat today. And just to review quickly, that body composition is made up of these three three entities, the water in your body, the fat, and then the muscle. And so today we'll focus on fat. And we started that discussion last week and we talked about how it's just not as simple as calories in, calories out. That many people have already been told that and have thought that and have tried programs where it's all about calories and then maybe they even lose weight but then the weight all comes back on. So trying to go on a low calorie diet for people has not proven to work at all. And we're going to re- we're going to return to this concept later in the show just to talk about really why that doesn't work or why actually for some people it does work. So we'll return to the calories in, calories out point. Now we did point out that three systems working well are necessary to create a condition where your body is able to burn fat and retain muscle. And those systems would be one, your hormones, two, fat burning enzymes, and three, ability for your liver to detoxify. And we had uh, most of the show last week was learning about the various hormones and their messages 
hormones take messages. They're chemical messengers that take these messages to your cells, every single cell in your body, and it tells it to either store fat, burn fat, break down muscle, or maybe build muscle. And when these hormones are not in the right amounts, in the right balance, almost no matter what you do, you'll not burn fat and preserve muscle. So in, in review, we learn that your hormones, they behave like a symphony. All these different instruments, all the different hormones. They, they need to be in the right levels, at the right place, and right time to give the proper messages. Okay, I know I keep saying that over and over, but we find in our classes that sometimes the material just comes right at you and you're like, wait, 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 wait. I, I wasn't sure about that one again. So that's why you might hear us say things a couple more than one time. And so if we review some of those hormones, insulin would be one. When your insulin is high, that's going to send a message to store fat. Another one, cortisol. When that's high, that's your stress hormone. That's going to send messages to store fat and also to burn up muscle. When your thyroid hormone is low, that's going to send a message to not burn fat, okay, to store excess fat. When your growth hormone and testosterone are both low, That will send a message to not build muscle, for one thing, and also to uh, store fat. And then estrogens that are high, and remember, men have estrogens as well. Estrogens, excess estrogens, send a message to store fat. And so remembering that none of these hormones are bad hormones or good hormones, they all should be classified as good. They're part of your body, and they send the proper messages to the cells. What we're talking about here is when they're out of balance. They're too high or they're too low. And in terms of knowing if you're high or low, because you might wonder, well, how do I know what I've got going on in my body? Let's just run through some. These are very, very brief recommendations and suggestions to help you get an idea if some of these hormones are too high and too low for you. So if we start with the first one, insulin. Really, insulin, the best way for you to know if your insulin is too high is to actually get a blood test. Go to your doctor and ask for a fasting insulin level. And be sure you write it down before you go in there or before you call because, yes, it's an insulin level. It's not a glucose level, and it's not something else. It's just a fasting insulin level. And when you get those lab results back, you're going to want to see those between the numbers 2 and 5. That's not going to be indicated on the lab sheet as normal. Normal on the lab sheet will give you maybe up to 12. But what you're looking for for really, really good health and for fat burning is going to be levels between 2 and 5. Knowing that the kinds of uh, societies that have really, really good health, their insulin levels are in the range from 2 to 5. And when you look at the lab sheet here in the U.S., that's for average Americans. So we don't want to have average American insulin levels. You're looking for the level of 2 to 5. So you can know that if your level comes back and it's higher than 5, then you're going to have trouble burning fat. And if this is you, then you would want to put emphasis on lowering your insulin level. And you need to know that that's entirely doable. 
It is. I've noticed a lot of my clients, whatever their body size really, whether they they look smaller or they look like a bigger weight, their insulin levels are often over high. They're too high. So if you're thinking, you know, I have some weight to lose, I have some fat to lose, or you're really working on building muscle, then just get your insulin level done and then you'll know just where to start. Mm-hmm. And remember about the to get the insulin level down is to eliminate sugar from your diet. Mm-hmm. And just going from this, the tip here is to make the thin mints. Okay, so remember the thin mints and that there's something called the mango chocolates as well. And those are two things that you should start making and eating right away. That will help you to start to live a life that doesn't have any sugar in it at all. But yet you're eating something that tastes sweet, doesn't raise your blood sugar. It helps you lower your insulin level and it gives you some great fats, stabilizing fats for your system. So that's our first one is the insulin. The best way for you to know if it's high is to get a blood level done. Well, now, and if you're wondering about those thin mints, like where where you can learn about those, just visit our blog at mybodybalancenutrition.com, and there's a video and a whole article about how to make those. Mm-hmm. And we had a client suggest one time, she said, you know, those I've got sisters in my family, and I would love to have them make the estrium chocolates or the mango chocolates, but they're not going to just go out and buy all these ingredients. And she suggested that we put all the ingredients together and make a kit. And so we actually did that. It's called the mango chocolate kit. And we put all the ingredients, the dry ingredients together, and then we actually include the pasture butter in there. So all you have to do is melt the butter and then just dump the bag of ingredients in, mix it up, and then put it on a tray and freeze it. So it's just bing, 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 and then you have these chocolates. This is And this is holiday time when people struggle with all of these sweets. And so if you're anybody that is in the Minneapolis area and you, you, go, and you see the recipe on the blog and you go, you know what, I don't have time to run out and get all of these different ingredients, come and get the kit and you can just put it together in pr- way less than five minutes just melt butter mm-hmm. put it in with a bowl stir it up and it's in your freezer and it freezes about a half an hour then you cut it in squares and you're done so something super simple and that will actually help you get your insulin level down so that you can become a fat burning body instead of a fat saving body now we yeah, I found I found that those thin mints have really made a difference for me. Just you know, just even having something that I can have as a treat, and it actually makes me feel good when I have them. Versus just relying on like conventional gluten free snacks from the store or processed foods that don't really work for my body. Mm-hmm. And Madeline brings up a great point here that she said that it makes her feel good. And that would be an example of if you if you eat something like donuts or you do eat some chocolate that's that's full of sugar and then ask yourself what you feel like not too long afterwards. There's a feeling that people describe. It's a little bit hard to describe it in exact words, but it's not necessarily a very good feeling. People actually don't feel very stable. And at some point, then their blood sugar ends up dropping 
and they for sure don't feel good at that point. And when you're eating the mango chocolates or the thin mints, none of that happens at all. Actually, you get the sustained energy. It helps your focus and concentration. And uh, you can continue on with your work or your exercise or whatever this is that you're doing. Right now, maybe you're out shopping. Those are great to have before you go shopping because it's, it's nice, long-term, stable energy. Oh, you know, it looks like it's time for a break. So when we come back, we're going to continue our discussion on hormones. Remember, we're taking callers. So call one 472 5792 or send us an email at info at Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. The show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Cancer is not something to be taken lightly, but instead of being talked at by doctors, medical providers, and others, wouldn't it be nice to hear from a host who has worked at the cancer coalface for 38 years as a caregiver, supporter for 14,000 patients, and who has had the experience of having a life-threatening condition herself? You will hear the stories of survivors and other people who work in breakthrough cancer medicine. Navigating the Cancer Maze with host Grace Goller will help you with the facts, planning, and grief experienced with different forms and stages of cancer. Listen every Friday at 12 noon U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to Body Balance Talk. To reach Lucy Hewitt or her expert guests, please call into the program today at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send an email to info at mybodybalancenutrition.com. Now back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. It's Body Balance Talk. I'm Lucy, along with Madeline and Jeannie, and we're gonna dis- we're going to continue our discussion on hormones. But Madeline, you were going to share a story. Yeah, over the break, I was thinking about those thin mints, and we have a client here who he makes the thin mints and he brings them to work and leaves them in the freezer at work, and he always comes into class laughing that his coworkers eat the thin mints before he can get to them. And these are coworkers that don't necessarily eat, you know, the way that we promote. We don't know exactly how they eat, but they're just regular people and they, they even like these thin mints. So I, I was just kind of laughing about that to myself. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, yeah. And it, these, the thin mints and the mango chocolates really are great for people that are working, especially long hours or through the afternoon when a lot of people end up with that slump, maybe after lunch, maybe three o'clock or so. And it keeps you really focusing and good energy to continue to be productive while you're at work. And so that we just find there's so many uses for them. And the, you, you might be wondering why you, you might think, wow, every single show these people keep bringing up these things called thin mints and mango chocolates but for some reason we find that there's for some reason there's this hump that people can't get over and just start making them that once they make them and start eating them it works for them and they continue and it's just part of their lifestyle for instance we have somebody in one of our nutrition classes that she has been uh, coming now for about five weeks, and pretty much every in the first, the very first class, we talk about blood sugar, and we introduce the mango chocolates and the thin mints. And so she comes the second week, the third week, the fourth week, and the fifth week. And she's we really, really like. Well, we like all of our clients, but she's she's an especially fun one. She comes in and says, "You know, I'm just still having trouble with sugar, and I'm really looking for alternatives. I just have such a sweet tooth." And then we say, well, have you, have you made the mango chocolates or the thin mints? No. <laughs> and, then, and then we ask, well, really? Well, why not? And she says, well, I don't know. I just haven't. We say, okay, just is it difficult to get the ingredients? Well, no, I actually have all the ingredients at home. Okay, well, then you know, we, we just suggest, why don't you just get those out and make those? So she was one of the people that decided, you know what, I'm just going to get this kit. I'm going to get the kit, just melt the butter and put it together, and maybe that'll get, get me started. And so it just still tells us that even very simple steps are 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 a hurdle for people. But you just have to understand it's just that first time. If you can just do it the first time, then the second time and the third time, they just become so much easier. That's yeah, right. That's very true. Mm-hmm. Well, we were talking about hormones and how when you have the, the wrong ones high and the wrong ones low, that they promote fat storage and also muscle breakdown. And another one would be cortisol. And how to know that you're high or low on cortisol, which is your big stress hormone, which many, many people are high. And you, and the reason you would be high with this is if you have a lot of stress going on in your life. And that could be situational stress, but it's also if you have nutritional stress. So people that are eating a lot of sugar and processed foods are actually putting stress on their bodies and creating a stress response and doing uh, something to increase their cortisol level. People with pain syndromes, that's very stressful to live with pain. Those people usually have high cortisol and then obviously people that have a lot of emotional st- stress going on, those people would also have high cortisol. So you can just ask yourself if you're dealing with any of those things, you can pretty much assume that you have high cortisol. And the high stress would be something that's going on over a long time. Not something where just today I got in a car accident. Okay, no, that wouldn't be. That would be adrenaline and you're going to have a cortisol response. But what I'm talking about is long-term stress. Like I hate my job and it's terrible and it's awful and so I never sleep at night and it's been going on for two years. That would be somebody that probably has high cortisol. Um, So you can actually measure your cortisol level, but... 
I'm not going to necessarily recommend everybody go out and do it. I think it really everybody should get their insulin level done. But cortisol, I would not say that. Now, however, if you were somebody that said, no, I really, really want to know, then what you would do, you can actually order this online and look up salivary cortisol test. So it's, it's a saliva test that you can actually just do on your own. Just Google it, you order a test, and it should be a test that has four points, meaning four time points, like 8 a.m., 12 noon, bedtime, and then maybe like midnight. You want all four of those because you want to see what the whole um, picture is. Your cortisol level should not be one level. It needs to be high at sometimes, like in the morning, and then low at night. But the reason I don't suggest everybody run right out and do this is because it's not easy to interpret those. And so if you get your level done, you either need to be somebody who you've done a lot of research on your own and you know how to interpret that, or maybe you're working with a naturopath or somebody who works with salivary cortisol levels. So that's not going to be as easy for you to interpret as an insulin level. That's simple. Insulin, everybody can do it. Cortisol, not necessarily true. But you can assume that your cortisol is high also if you have trouble losing body fat and if you're somebody that has excess belly fat. One thing that's important to note is that hormones are going to govern where you store body fat. And you might have body fat all over your body, but most people will say, you know what, if I'm going to put fat on, it's going to be here. And so in terms of insulin, where you would store excess body fat would be in the love handle area. So if that's your trouble spot and you go, yep, that's where most of my body fat is, my legs are thin, my arms are thin, and I've got these love handles that don't seem to go away, that's a signal that you have trouble with high insulin. With cortisol, that's going to be more with excess belly fat. Then if we move to thyroid, that's something too that you can go go to the doctor and get some thyroid tests done. But besides that, in terms of where you would be storing excess body fat would be, it's called subscapular. That's under your scapula, your shoulder blades. So that would be the upper back. If you have a lot of fat up there, that's highly, highly suggestive of of in, inappropriate thyroid, usually meaning that it's going to be low thyroid for you. If you have symptoms such as uh, low temperature, you're cold all the time, maybe you have cold hands and feet, maybe thinning hair and difficulty losing weight, those are also going to be suggestive of low thyroid. So some of these you can just get an idea because of the way that you look, where you store body fat, and also some of these symptoms. And then if we move to testosterone, another hormone that's going to govern whether you store or burn fat, you could take blood levels of testosterone. Um, low testosterone will show up as excess fat in triceps. So you know some people have really a lot of fat in that area. That's highly, highly suggestive of low testosterone, even for women. And then estrogens. Estrogens, when you have excess of either endogenous, that's estrogens that your body makes or you have excess xenoestrogens that you find in the environment, that's going to be uh, more of a fat storing hormone when you have excess of the estrogen class of hormones. And where you store excess body fat with excess estrogen is going to be for women in the hips and the thigh area. So I think a lot of women can relate to that and say, yeah, my upper body is really small, but I'm two sizes bigger 
on the bottom. And so that's going to be also highly suggestive of having trouble with excess estrogens for you. And for men, men will have uh, breast growth or man boobs. So we can see that that's, that's actually very common in boys and men. And that is a sign that estrogen levels are too high. And we're going to talk a little bit more later about what you do about those estrogen levels for people. You can take blood levels of estrogen and that can be helpful, but you should just know that that's really actually only a very small part of the whole picture for both testosterone and estrogen. And one of the reasons is because your hormones and your enzymes, but we're talking about hormones right now, hormones are going to operate in your body when the pH of your blood is at its optimal levels. It's important to know that most people, really everybody's blood pH is tending always towards the acid side. And I don't mean acid like your stomach like one, but I'm talking about still in the normal range for a pH where you're not going to die or have any big symptoms, but it's going towards the acid end. When it does that, your hormones don't operate optimally. So picture this, you go and you get your hormone level done and it might appear that it might be in the normal level, but it's actually not operating at an optimal way at the cell because the pH of your blood is not optimal. It's actually towards the acid side. And uh, we're going to get back to this pH topic in a bit and just delve into this. It, it is actually an important topic because we're talking about all of your hormones and how they have to act in a symphony and they need to be in the right levels at the right times in the right place and in the right amounts. When your pH is off, that's not happening for you. So if you're not paying any attention to your pH at all, you can do all kinds of things that you think are going to help your hormones and it may not be working for you. And, you're, and you wonder, well, how come I'm not getting anywhere on this? So... Sometimes people like to take the easy route and just go into the doctor and get hormone levels taken and then start taking hormones. And for some people that can improve some symptoms, but what I'm here to tell you is that you want the hormones you already have to to operate optimally before you start putting hormones into your body. So you may need to take hormones, but that wouldn't be the first step that someone would want to do if you want to achieve really, really great health. So, for instance, one of the things that you can do if you find that estrogen is troublesome for you, and I'm going to just tell you that it probably is troublesome for you, and just for the very fact that we've got so many of these estrogen compounds now in the environment in the form of plastics, in the form of fake scents that are really pumped into many, many different businesses, including large department stores, so that it uh, smells nice in there and then you buy more. Those are actually estrogenic compounds in there mm-hmm. that you breathe in. We and also have air fresheners. Air fresheners, yep, in your car or in bathrooms. And in hotels. In hotels, absolutely. And if you get your car service. Sometimes they do all kinds of cleaning inside and then you can smell the smell when you get in there. Rental cars to cover up smoke smells. Those are all estrogenic type of compounds that you're breathing in. And then we all drink water 
and we try and filter it, but the truth is is that there's birth control pill residues in the water, and just like there's all kinds of prescription drug residues in the water, but we get the source of hormones from the birth control pill residues that so many people are on. And then another big source is going to be in factory farmed beef or any of that, those farmed animals where they're injecting hormones into the animal. Or it could be milk that that cow is actually pregnant at the same time that it's milking and so it's got a high level of hormones while it's actually being milked. So we have a lot of sources of hormones in the environment. Another one is groundwater from uh, companies that dump estrogenic compounds right into the ground and that also goes into the groundwater. So that's a big deal here in the Midwest because mm-hmm. we have a few companies here that do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some great big companies that do that and it creates a lot of trouble. So you might find that if you travel to the Midwest or come here to Minnesota you go, "Oh, that's funny. Some some of the people have they have different shapes." of their bodies compared to people that live in California or New York out on the coast. And so if you go, well, then what am I supposed to be doing about that? This this xenoestrogen or fake estrogens in the environment is a problem for everybody. One of the simple things is to start eating cruciferous vegetables, and that would include broccoli, cauliflower, arugula, um, all kinds of different cruciferous vegetables. Eating horseradish, horseradish. What else, Lucy? Ra- ra- radishes, kale, mm-hmm. cabbage, wasabi, mm-hmm. turnips. Yes, lots of them. Uh huh. And the cruciferous vegetables. Yeah, maca is another one. Cruciferous yep. vegetables carry a compound in them called I3C or indole-3-carbonyl. And just to make it simple, doesn't really matter what it's called. It's just important to know that if you eat cruciferous vegetables a couple times a day, that's going to help your liver to eliminate these estrogen compounds that you receive every day into your body from the environment. And so when we talk about these simple, easy things that everybody can start doing, we talked about that at the beginning of the show, this would be one of those. If you say all of this other stuff you're talking about is too complicated, well, you can probably start eating more broccoli and cauliflower and arugula. And one of the ways is if you if you cook that and put it into your shake. Okay, and then over Thanksgiving, we talked about all the different ways that you can cook these various vegetables with different oils and different fats and different spices and herbs to make them taste very, very good. And so just eating cruciferous vegetables is going to help everybody with your liver biotransformation. What happens in there, the liver detoxification of these estrogenic compounds that you get from out into the environment. And then to make it stronger, say that you want something else. Well, we use a medical food here called estrium. And this is just a combination of all kinds of different vitamins and minerals and a couple of other compounds in there that also help your liver to get rid of these environmental estrogens. And when when we have people that use this compound, one, they, they do actually lose body fat, and it's nothing to do with calories. It's to do with getting these estrogenic compounds out of the body so your body can actually just now let go of the fat. So knowing that a lot of the estrogenic compounds are stored in fat, your body doesn't want to let go of it. And so once you help it along with using cruciferous vegetables and this product Estrium, 
then your body can let go of that fat. And we see people, women, especially the ones that have the excess fat on hips and thighs, their body shapes start to change and change rather dramatically where maybe their weight even stays the same, but their whole shape changes. Their hips and their thighs are no longer carrying excess body fat and their proportions become more normalized. And this estrium is what's in the mango chocolates. And that's why we promote the mango chocolates. It's a way for you to get estrium into your diet. Yes, and those mango chocolates will be on the blog very soon. So if you're not sure how to make those, just keep your eyes on the blog. Any day now, those should be up. Mm-hmm. Another thing you can do with this estrogen problem is eliminate trans fats that are found in all kinds of cookies and crackers and processed foods and school lunches even. The trans fats disrupt your hormone balance. So anybody that's wanting a little bit better of a testosterone level and a reduced excess estrogen level, you for sure want to be eliminating trans fats from your diet. Now, it looks like it's time for a break here. So remember, we are taking callers today. The number is one 472 5792 Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. How is your health? Do you want to know more about it? Every day there are new technologies, procedures, and healing techniques coming forward. To understand them, tune in to Speaking of Health with Dr. Michael Cudlis. Our guests come from different backgrounds in the fields of health and healing. We'll discuss new realities and modalities, from chiropractic to metagenics. It's all designed to improve your quality of life. Speaking of Health is heard live every Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Ready for in-your-face, smash-mouth talk? Want to talk about the topics that nobody else is willing to talk about? Either because they're too scared to touch them or just don't think it's the way to go? You're not going to be shy here. Tune into Anything Goes featuring Ike Mega Griffin. He's got the facts to back up the talk and invites you to join him every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time, just before the weekend, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Mega tells it like it is. Make the most of your beautiful life. Listen to Ageless Living with Dr. Tong Lee and co-host Kurt Wilhelm to gain tips on how to live healthier and happier, alleviate suffering, prevent disease, become more beautiful in body, mind, and fashion, and find peace, balance, and success in your life. Are you aware that every 3,500 calories that you eat above what you burn will put a pound of fat on your body? And running one mile only burns 200 calories? So portion size does matter, and migraines do have a cure. What is it? You'll have to tune in Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health and Wellness. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to Body Balance Talk. To reach Lucy Hewitt or her expert guests, please call into the program today at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send an email to info at mybodybalancenutrition.com. Now, back to the show. 
Welcome back to Body Balance Talk. This is Lucy along with Madeline and Jeannie. Let's continue our discussion on fat-burning hormones. Mm-hmm. Yep, and and we're talking just about how the hormones, there, there's not any specific ones that burn mm-hmm. fat. What it is is that they all need to be in the right levels in order for your body to operate so that when it's time to burn fat, it can burn fat. And when it's time to store fat, it can store fat appropriately and things don't get out of control. And so we've just run through some of the hormones to know, it, it give you some clues for you to see, I think I'm high in this one, I think I'm low in this one. It gives you a clue maybe as to what's going on in your body. And then if you have the idea that, oh yes, I think my insulin level is high or I think that this is happening for me, that's what we're reviewing right now. So we're just mentioning that eliminating trans fats can actually help your hormone balance. And now in terms of your insulin level, I think you're all getting to be experts on this. The insulin level would be to eliminate sugar and starchy carbs if you're interested in lowering your insulin level. And then in terms of cortisol, if you suspect that your cortisol level is high, then it's going to stand to reason that you would want to put an emphasis on decreasing your stress level. And remember, that does include nutritional stress, nutritional stress of eating sugar, processed foods, and excess alcohol are physical stress, not enough exercise, too much exercise. Or if you have pain, that's not an easy one to address because obviously you're tra- probably trying to address that already, but knowing that that will increase your cortisol level. And then doing what you can to reduce your emotional and mental stress. And I often hear people say, well, you know, I can't do that. I just, I can't do it. I have to do these things. And, you know, I I have to have this job that starts at 7 a.m. and ends at 10 p.m. Or I have to spend time with my parents doing this and this and this and this. Or I have these kids that I have to do these things with. And what I have to say is, I think that if somebody told you that if you don't make a change in your life, you're going to die okay, you're going to die in the next two days, they would probably look and say, you know what, I think there are some things that I can make a change. And I think that if you look at your life, if you're one of those people with a completely out-of-control, stressful life, you probably are talking yourself into that it has to be that way. But maybe to just sit down with yourself, and they are very difficult and hard decisions, but I have seen people make those decisions and lower their emotional stress in their life. Life. And that's it. we're talking about your health. And if, if that doesn't happen for you and that stress continues, then the health just deteriorates. And the other thing that happens when you have the high cortisol is that that makes your thyroid hormone not as effective when it's at the cell level. So that people find when you start to decrease your cortisol level and decrease your stress level, then the thyroid actually works better. And it's, it's interesting to see this. This is just one example. But these hormones, when one of them is high, it's going to alter another one. When something is too low, it's going to alter the rest of them. So when you put some emphasis on changing one of those hormones, it starts to alter the other hormones into the good range. So that's, that's the good news for people. 
And then for low testosterone, which is just so common, it's it's just pretty much a given that when men get to be 40, 45, 50, that their testosterone low level starts to plummet. And it's important to know that that does not have to be that way. Men can actually grow into a nice ripe old age and still have a high testosterone level. And one of the ways that you can improve your testosterone level is to lower your intake or eliminate your intake of something called atrazine. Atrazine is the number one pesticide that's used on produce. And when you eat the atrazine that's on your produce, and you might think, well, oh, but I wash my produce. Well, it still is on there. It's in the soil. It's taken up by the plant. It's all over the plant. So if you're, if you're not eating organic, which organic would not have atrazine on it. If it's not organic, you can just pretty much be assured that it has atrazine on it. And when you eat atrazine, it stimulates an enzyme in your body to turn your testosterone into estrogen. So if you don't have atrazine in your body, your testosterone normally kind of goes back and forth from testosterone to estrogen. It will go in that direction, but it goes very, very slowly, and it goes. It only makes enough estrogen for what your body really needs. Okay, enough once you testosterone, what? Right? Enough testosterone that your body really needs? No, enough estrogen. Because your body does need estrogen. And you get some of that from testosterone being transformed into estrogen. So estrogen is not an all bad thing. People need some of that. But you don't need xenoestrogens in the environment. And you don't need your own testosterone excessively turning into estrogens. But of course you need some. That's why your body has this way to make estrogen out of testosterone. Because everybody needs that you need it even for proper brain functioning. The problem comes that atrazine turns on the enzyme that just goes zip right across, takes your testosterone and turns it into estrogen. And so if you can imagine then a man says, you know, I have trouble with my testosterone level. I think I'm going to go get testosterone cream or testosterone injections. And then you take that and guess what happens if you're still eating atrazine? Well, then that continues to be turned into estrogen. And maybe your testosterone level rises because you're taking large amounts of it in the cream or in the injection, but you're also highly likely making too much estrogen as well. And too much estrogen in men is feminizing, so that's where you get the increase in breast size, and that's where you also get prostate trouble. So the prostate enlarges, and then for many, many men, they end up also with prostate cancer, which is just a widespread problem that people have. And one of one of the reasons for this increase in prostate cancer is the excess estrogens in the environment, and then also this excess of eating atrazine on our pro, our produce that turns your own endogenous testosterone into excessive estrogens. And so, if you're interested in having a higher testosterone level, stop eating produce that has atrazine on it, and instead go for a hundred percent organic produce. Get that out of your diet. Something else that you can do is be sure that you have adequate zinc in your diet or maybe even consider taking a zinc supplement. Zinc actually inhibits this enzyme that turns testosterone into estrogens. And when you're low on zinc, then you have a more propensity to turn the testosterone into estrogen. So the combination for men 
This is also very helpful for women because you don't, you still want to have testosterone as well. For everybody is to stop eating the atrazine and consider taking a zinc supplement so that you can keep more of your testosterone and not excessively turn that into estrogen. And then there would be a whole exercise piece doing the high intensity interval exercise will push your testosterone level higher and also your growth hormone level higher. So people that are doing steady state cardio or maybe you're not doing any exercise at all and you're thinking, I think I want to start an exercise program, consider doing that high intensity interval type of exercise where we've talked about this on many of the other radio shows. It can even be four minutes. Four minutes is highly effective at pushing the growth hormone and the testosterone level up where it should be. And that would be 20 seconds of intense exercise, 10 seconds resting, and then repeat that eight times. That totals four minutes. So this is something anybody can do. Even You can even do it barefoot. You can even do it in your pajamas. You don't have to go to a gym or to a health club to be doing this type of exercise. And we'll be talking more about that on subsequent shows as well. But you can just get started on your own with that if, you, if you're able to do that. Just get, get going with it. So let me just ask people out there again what you think of calories in versus calories out. If you're talking about fat burning... Does calories in versus calories out, is that true or false? Is that what it is? And of course, I can't hear you talking, so I'm just going to answer it here. And the answer is yes, it works, and no, it doesn't work. So here's what it is. When your hormones are imbalanced, they're all at the right levels, they're at the right places at the right time, and your blood pH is at the right place so that your hormones can work very, very well. If you're in that state, then yes, if you cut back on calories and maybe exercise and move a little bit more, you're going to be able to drop fat, and that's going to work for you. But for all of us that have hormone imbalances, which is really most everybody, If you haven't been working on it, then you can probably assume that you have a hormone imbalance and you have a pH that's a little bit more towards the acidic so your hormones aren't working as well. Then for you, calories in versus calories out doesn't work. And you might recognize yourself and say, you know what, I cut back and I lose a few pounds, but then it just stagnates and nothing else happens for me. So calories in, calories out doesn't work for you until you get the hormones into the right balance by doing some of these things that we just indicated with the atrazine, with the exercise, with the trans fats, with the sugar, with the starchy carbs, with the cruciferous vegetables, with the mango chocolates. So out of all of those things, if you even just choose one thing, like say you go, I don't want to do anything with my diet. I'm just going to start doing that four-minute exercise. That will make a difference in your health. If you say, you know what, I'm not going to do that exercise. I like the idea of those chocolates because the holidays are here. I want something good to eat, and I do kind of like to cook. So I'm going to make those mango chocolates. That's going to start to make a difference. If you say, you know what, I'm going to eliminate those trans fats. I'm going to stop eating those cookies and crackers and any of those foods with the trans fats. That's going to make a difference. So we really encourage you just to pick one thing and just start doing that. And once you love that new thing that you're doing, then maybe consider choosing one other thing that you can add into your lifestyle. 
Now, besides the hormones, we have these things called fat-burning enzymes. And sometimes people think that fat just melts out of the fat cell. Well, you actually need enzymes in order to break down the long fatty acid chains that are stored inside of your fat cell. And they break those long chains down to medium or short chains, and that's released into your bloodstream so that then you can burn that as fuel. So you need enzymes to do that. And a lot of people, their fat-burning enzymes aren't working at a very good rate. And so here's how you're going to know if your fat-burning enzymes aren't working for you. If you're going throughout your day and maybe you ate breakfast or you ate some sort of meal and after a few hours, all that food's digested and you have an empty stomach and now you're feeling kind of shaky and maybe you're feeling headachy or irritable, maybe you have mood swings and you can't focus and concentrate. Okay, that, that right there is a sign that your fat bent, fat burning enzymes are not working very well for you. Because what should happen is if you eat a meal and it's all fully digested and then you have an empty stomach and maybe your stomach starts to growl, the only symptom you would have is you'd say, you know what, I'm feeling kind of hungry. That's it. You feel something in your stomach area that feels hungry. You're not feeling any of these other symptoms. You can still function very, very well and clearly you have plenty of energy. You're not shaking at all. You have no mood swings. You're not irritable. You're actually in a good mood. And that's because your fat-burning enzymes are working. You don't have any food in order to give you any glucose or fuel. So your body starts breaking down body fat as fuel. And so if you're able to do that and feel great, even for hours without food, then that's going to be a huge clue that you go, my fat burning enzymes are working great. So I'm going to suspect that for a lot of you, that's not happening. And that's what's going to be the topic of our show next week. It's going to be talking about these fat burning enzymes and how you can get yours to start working so that when you don't have food in your stomach, that you can actually go to your fat stores and start burning fat. How does that sound? Does that sound like a good topic for next that week? That sounds great. Mm-hmm. It does. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's holiday time and we're have we have lots of good wishes for everybody out there for peace and for joy and for good times with your friends and we know it's a struggle possibly for some people with your families but we're going to wish you well with your families that you have some wonderful moments with them and that you take time for yourself and enjoy this time and take it in for yourself and for your families what do you say lucy that sounds like a great thing to do. And we're so glad that everybody could join us today. Continue the conversation by going to the blog at mybodybalancenutrition.com or you can join us on Facebook at www.facebook backslash bodybalancenutrition. Well, I'm Lucy along with Madeline and Jeannie and that's our show. Bye everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Thanks again for tuning in this week. Join Lucy Hewitt for another edition of Body Balance Talk next Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. This week, listen to yourself and make it a healthy life ahead. 
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.